listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Hey, it's a fall evening in November and you can't beat the weather and it's great to be outside at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen and by now everybody at the Lodge and listening is saying, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like Tim Healy. You're right. Tim's on uh, assignment with men's basketball tonight. I'm Jeff Munn. I'm the radio voice of the Sun Devil women's basketball team that opened with a win. And that should get somebody to give us a round of applause. I just have to kind of push them along a little bit. Uh, He's on assignment with men's hoops. I've got a game tomorrow night. But I'm here because obviously I'm also part of the uh, football a broadcast team, and we welcome you to All Aboard. We are at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, and we are going to look back at last week's win over USC, preview this Saturday's game with Washington. we got a truckload of special guests, so I better stop talking and tell you that this is like a football game, and here comes quarter number one. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. And now, a big round of applause for the head coach of Arizona State football, Herm Edwards. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Good to have you here. Good to be here. Last week, I I was thinking during the week, if there was a a Herm Edwards style of football win, that was last Saturday. Run to win. You pass just enough to, to keep the defenses honest. That was a Herm Edwards type of football game. Well, I think it was one that we needed uh, very badly uh, against a very talented USC team. Uh, I think coming home in our stadium, in our environment, uh, with our fans, uh, that helped as well. And It was a game that uh, I just felt that it would get into uh, the fourth quarter where it would be tight. It would be a tight football game. We needed to play good defense uh, so we didn't have to get out of our mode of wanting to try to run the football to, to, to not – puts us in a position to have to pass it uh, on known downs, right? Because they, they have one of the better fronts in, in the Pac-12 as far as athletically rushing quarterback. And when you fall behind some of what we did against uh, Washington State early, uh, it's very difficult to, to run the ball it's like you would like. Yes. you got to throw it. So the game was tight enough to where we could just manage the game, run the game, run the ball. Defense did a nice job. And then offense is – Made some plays in the passing game, but it was the run game that that uh, gave us the the victory. Jaden was able to manage the game. It goes back to what you're saying about you're not having to pass as much. It allows the quarterback to just kind of manage things. Absolutely, and when you when you play USC because of that offense they have, um, you know they're very explosive on offense, and so you have to ask yourself: Are we going to try to outscore them, or are we going to limit their possessions? For me, it was let's limit their possessions. Right. Let's run the football. Let, let's keep the game tight so we can determine when we want to pass. They, they don't determine when we're going to pass if they have a big lead because then you have to go back and throw the ball too much. Right. You don't want to do that against those guys. Did you see things, uh, any differences in the way you were defended last week that opened up the running game more? Not really. I just think we had the mindset of, of, of running the football. Um, that, that was what we wanted to come in with. And we also wanted to stop them from running. Right. Believe it or not, we wanted them to pass. We didn't want to. We, we, like we an said, air raid team and right. you wanted them to we pass. We wanted to pass. Because when you looked at them the prior weeks, they have some pretty good runners. They had started to run the ball a little bit more. And I said, we, we got to stop the run. Just stop the run. 
and make them throw it, and then we want to run the ball. Don't allow the big explosion pays in the pass game on defense, and defense did a nice job of it. And you were able to spread it around in terms of the passing game. You got four different receivers involved, and that helps too. It does, and and I think the thing that here again that we have to stay away from, and, and we overcame it this game. We turned the ball over. Uh, right. You, you, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you really don't. No. That, that's that's not part of playing offense to turn the ball over. So. We have to straighten that out. But I, I think the thing that I like the most is when adversity hit us, and it hit us in a cu- couple times in this game, we, we, we stayed focused on our jobs and on offense and defense. We, we didn't get out. Of, we just stayed with our plan and, and kept the game manageable. And at the end, when it was 17-16, offense did a nice job of putting points on the board, and the defense shut them out. Rashad White goes for 200 yards. And I know you'd like to, to get as much balance in the run game, too. But one thing that I noticed with Rashad Saturday night, you talked about the, the talent on USC's defensive front, and it is talented, but he had, he had an extra gear and has an extra gear. Once he got past the line of scrimmage, there were a lot of plays where he had a lot of space. Uh, no doubt, and, and a lot of that had to do with um, receivers blocking down the field, but also his, his innate ability to make people miss in space. Right, and, and, and that... That was on on display when you watched him run. He had a lot of nice little runs inside, and he got into the open field, and he could make people miss. I'm glad you brought up the fact of, about USC's running game because defending against an air raid, fans can get caught up in about, about the forward pass, but most every air raid de- offense, when Mike Leach was at Washington State, you had to be aware of the guy behind the quarterback. And how did you feel about how your defense did against their running I, game? I thought they did a, a fabulous job. Uh, when you think about the runner, because the runner had run for, for 150 yards prior week. And, and, you know, they were running the ball a little bit more, uh, getting back to the run. And they were creating some formations where they had some tight ends and were running the ball. And, and that was our concern. We said, look, we, it's, it's one thing for them to throw it. It's another thing when they can start running it. And so our whole deal was let's stop them from running the ball, dictate when they have to pass now, get them in some bad downs, uh, rush the quarterback. Now, we – we got him off his spot. We didn't sack right. him a bunch, but we got him off his spot, made him uncomfortable, and the defense uh, played well. Let's uh, look ahead. We're going to use the, the fourth quarter tonight to talk a great deal about what today is, and, of course, it's Veterans Day. Yes. So I'm jumping ahead a little bit sure. to look at the Washington game. From this standpoint, obviously we don't know everything that's going on up there at the moment, but you are going to be dealing with an interim coach this week and a change at offensive coordinator. To the, the casual fan, I would think, well, there's not much a different play caller can do. You can't just put in a whole bunch of new plays. The personnel's the same. So how do you go about game planning for a club that has a different guy calling plays? And might have the young quarterback plan as well. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have a different probably spin on it. The plays are the plays. The players are the players. How he calls a game might be different than the prior coordinator. And that's, that's, that's what you've got to figure out when the game is being played. Uh, for you know, he might be a little more heavy in certain personnel groups or formations. What is what does he want to do with the young quarterback? How does he want to use him? Uh, his father played for me in Kansas City. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Ewart, yeah, was one of the Ewarts. Yeah. And the reason I bring that up Tuesday night, the the women opened their schedule against. Um, why am I blanking on this now? All of a sudden, they got a win. Uh, in their opener, and the new coach, Northern Colorado. It's and okay. 
the they had a new head coach who had coached at Division Two. So we're talking to Charlie Turner Thorne after the game, and she said we had to go really dig to find film of where she had coached so we could have some idea of what they were going to do. So my question is, is that something that in, in circumstances like this, if you're dealing with a, a guy that you're not familiar with how he calls plays, do you try to go find film of where he's been at other places? Or you talk to people that, that, um, that he's been involved with, and right? Yeah. Our offensive coordinator knows who he is. Work with it. Oh, that's right. So, you know, that's one thing. Uh, but here again, how he calls it and what he does with his personnel groups is, will be interesting. You know, do, do they use more of 11 personnel? Do they, you know, what, what personnel groups is he going to major in uh, against us? And, and what is he going to ask the young quarterback to do? I know one thing, the young quarterback has a powerful arm. He's a lefty. He can throw the ball down the field. They, they have some very talented receivers. Uh, they have a nice running game and a defense that doesn't bend. They, 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 you know, they don't they don't give you a lot of big yards. You have to go methodically to move the ball on. Yeah, and the reason that the, a change has been made is that they have struggled on offense. But it's also you know what the talent level is on the offensive side of the ball. I, I guess it's a deal, and you've talked about this. You go through a couple of possessions, maybe, and obviously you're not having to evaluate it by yourself. You got a lot of help from your staff, yes. and it's going to be just kind of a, as we go along. We're going to pick up on tendencies. That's exactly right. And you got to play which how you play. And and um, I think the key to anything is play sound, say play sound defense. Don't let balls get over your head and stop the run. We always talk about you know going on when you, when you play. You got to stop the run. <laughs> That's the first right. thing. And then you can figure out what type of pass and attack are, are they going to come at you with. Now, the other thing, and you mentioned that you don't want to turn the ball over, obviously, and I'm certain you got asked this Monday because it always comes up anytime you go to the Northwest is the weather. The last I looked, they're, they're saying 50-ish degrees at kickoff yeah. and rain. And I know you don't use weather as an excuse under any circumstances, but are there – you going through some preparations this week to just deal with the with the conditions? Well, I, I think the thing for us is is the noise. Um, we, we went in the bubble today again um, uh, with the noise we had it outside of the office. Actually, practiced in the bubble today, and and uh, I think the thing that that I'm banking on is that we played a game last year in similar conditions, Oregon State. Yes, and you did pretty well on the road, and you ran the ball really well in well, that game. Well, and I I think that helps you. You know, because when the conditions get bad, uh, you can say you want to throw it, but sometimes you can't throw it like you like. Right. If the conditions. And so the one thing that travels is good defense and a run, and a, and a run game. We talked about their offense. What do you see out of Washington defensively in the film? They've, they've got some talented people, got some big people inside. Um, linebackers uh, can play from sideline to sideline. They always have a good secondary, it seems. Um, and they're stingy on, on points. You know, they, they make you drive down the field. They don't give a, a bunch of plays. When you look at the points um, given up, I mean, our defense is, what, they're giving up about 20. Their, their defense is giving up 19.7, about the same. Yeah, and right. that's the thing. I mean, they're, they, they're not scoring a lot of points, but they're not getting blown out either. No, they're going to keep the game close, um, and this is what makes it interesting. If they keep the game close enough, they're going to be in all the games, and it's just can they make a play or two in the fourth quarter to win it. Yeah, and that's uh, a lot of game football games come down to that, as, as you will know. So be really interesting on Saturday late afternoon, 5 o'clock Arizona time kickoff, uh, 4 o'clock in Seattle, and we'll tell you about the radio coverage coming up in just a couple moments before we go to a break our, our guest tonight 
are both of two of your tight ends and your tight end coach. And I know I hosted a show last year where we talked about the significance now, and it hasn't changed much, about the tight end in offensive football at all levels. It, it isn't just something in the NFL, something in college. The tight end has become a really important position again. Yes, uh, a position that when you look at, um, it's unique because of what you can do with that guy. You can get him in tight end formation, split him out. It's always a bad matchup great tight end playing for you it's, it becomes a bad matchup for you and that's you're trying to create that yes. obviously yes. in those situations yes well we have as i mentioned two of our outstanding tight ends curtis hodges and john stivers and their coach justin wood is our guest this evening we remind you game day like it's the only day with an ice cold Coors light an official beer of asu made to chill remember 21 means 21 and we'll meet curtis hodges and john stivers in quarter number two of all aboard with herm Edwards, edwards right after this on the sun devil radio network Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. And once again, for Tim Healy, I'm Jeff Munn. We're at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. You need to come down here in Tempe, and this is a great place to get food and beverage. There's lots of TVs. The ASU basketball game is on one of the sets right now, so you can catch that as well. And, of course, every Thursday night we're here for All Aboard with head coach Herm Edwards. Time to meet uh, two of our outstanding Sun Devil football student athletes. They both play the tight end positions. I need you all to give a big round of applause to Curtis Hodges and John Stivers. Let's hear it. Not bad. Very good. Gentlemen, welcome. Nice to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Now, uh, as I mentioned to Coach Edwards before we went to the break, you, you both are playing a position, and neither one of you can jump in on this. I don't want you fighting with each other. Who's going to talk first? But the tight end in this day and age in football has really become – it's always been important, but I've noticed in the last five or six years that if a team is going to have championship aspirations, they'll say, oh, gosh, we've got to have a really good tight end. And so I would think that uh, – Playing that position's got to be really enjoyable knowing how important you are to the offense. John, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think the tight end, um, especially the past five years, has become so versatile. Um, it makes it fun to play, but it also just puts so much stress on the defense. So I think you, you see that a lot in college and the pros of teams going to multiple tight end sets and getting guys that can do a lot both in the pass game and run game. And I think, um, especially with Curtis, we're really getting to that as, a, as an offense of having a really multiple tight end who just puts a lot of stress on defensive personnel of really what to do. And, Curtis, you can share some thoughts on that as well if you'd like. Yeah, I think that position is just like a, a position where it's grown to be like the mismatch, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, where you have those linebackers and those slower guys on a faster, quicker guy. And so that's what a lot of teams are starting to do and flex them out and use them in many different ways. It's, it's funny, too, because to those of us who are casual fans, we assume that when you say mismatch, you think, well, how are you going to do that? Because you're usually looking at a linebacker when you go out on a pattern, but that's not always the case, is it? Not every time, though. And even with that, you can get a mismatch because I can tell just looking at you, you're going you're gonna to tower over a few <laughs> linebackers. Both of you are. Yes, sir. And I would assume that that's the same thing for you. You get out and see a linebacker, you think, I can, I can win this matchup. Right. And you make that, the defense go, well, are we going to put a linebacker on for safety? And based off that, um, you know, difficulty both in the run and pass game, just based off what what personnel they put in to stop that offense, the offensive package. Let me let me ask you, John. You transferred to this program from Cornell, correct? Uh, Harvard. Harvard. 
Uh-oh, I said Cornell. You had a big game against Cornell. That's what it was. It, 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 obviously, somebody's going to say, okay, well, you're probably seeing a, a lot different grade of athlete in the Pac-12. But what kind of defenses did you look at in the Ivy League? Um, in terms of uh, schemes, you're not seeing too much difference between the Ivy League and um, the Pac-12. The only difference is, is time. There's so much more time uh, that the Pac-12 allows. The defense has become a little more uh, complex. So that's it's been it's been fun to deal with that. Um, just a little bit more variety with uh, defensive yeah. fronts and coverages. Yeah, and it's obviously you've got to you got to have a little bit more prep time. And you know the other thing, basically, uh, football's football. When you line up, you're not sitting there going, "I'm in the Ivy League, I'm in the Pac-12, I'm lining up against somebody." Right. Well, when I first my first game against USC last season, uh, I was, you know, I was a little anxious, a little curious, see what the difference would be. And you get that in practice, but you know, a game's always a little bit different. Um, and so after that first play, I was like, well, I, I could do this. It's, it's a different caliber of athlete, and there are a lot of differences in speed and size. Um, but in, in the same way, you're right, it is just playing football. So that gave me a lot of confidence right after that first play. You mentioned speed. Is it faster? Especially the skill Out positions. here? Yeah. 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 The other thing, Curtis, and, I, and you look at the stats, you, you've got over 300 yards, three, nearly 350 yards in receiving. 17 catches, which means you're being used as a, as a when I was your age, which was a long time ago, the tight end was primarily a blocker Is a, and a safety valve. You, you, if, if everything's covered downfield, here's I'm going to go here to the tight end. He's got to be open. But I look at your average in 20 yards of reception this year. So, obviously, there's probably some catch and runs in there, but there's also some plays, I'm sure, where you're you're the specific target to get vertical. Yeah, there's some plays where, you know, I'm running seams or getting down the middle of the field, and then Coach Hood also does a good job of uh, mixing in some uh, surprise or shots. Um, dials up some plays for me, too. So, I think they, it's a focus. So, I think it's just a focus thing. And if I remember correctly, uh, Coach Hill has – dialed up some ends and round plays that you've been involved in a tight end around what do you mean, we have that like reverse play reverse uh not nah, yet i don't think we've had that in there yet. i saw that once in a in a playoff game in the nfl that the vikings ran that many many years ago i like they, that yeah yeah they ran a reverse the tight end came out of the formation and you probably if you've ever heard of the name fran tarkenton nah. he called that play and see you're just proving how old i am see <laughs> You know, you guys don't remember. It's okay because that was a long time ago. Um, it's what's that? Yeah, he remembers Fran Tarkenton pretty well. Yeah, he had he had a few battles with him. Let's talk about uh, this season. It's obviously there there've been some highs and lows, but I, I said this last Saturday uh, on the pregame show. There are so many things still to be accomplished for this football team. There's a lot out there for you guys to get done. I'll start with you, John. Just tell me about, you know, the mindset right now. Three games to go, two on the road. And like I said, there's still some great opportunities out there for you. Yeah. I mean, we got um, everything we set out to get is ahead of us. And um, just from a, a motivational standpoint as a team, you know, you, you have a couple tough setbacks. And it's great to have the opportunity to play more football and come out and kind of prove how tough we are going on the road. It's impossible, colder conditions. Just, just kind of prove ourselves and show 
what kind of team we set out to be. And so I'm excited that we get three more games to, to prove that to everybody. And maybe a little bit more after that, too. Correct. That's that's the plan. And now at six wins, obviously, you're bowl eligible. And, Curtis, I'm sure you feel the same way, that yeah. there's a lot more for this team to do. Yes, yeah, three more weeks, three more opportunities to go prove uh, what we're made of. And so that's what that's all that's uh, in our heads right now. We were we were talking in the first segment with Coach about uh, how important it was to come out and, and have a win like you had last Saturday against USC. Let's take it from the player's perspective. How important, I know it was very important to get the win, but it had to also make you feel a lot better to go out and just have the kind of performance that you had against USC. They're, they're obviously a very talented team. And you came out right from the get-go and established that you were in control of things all the way around. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, I think one of the things I was most was happiest about was just the physicality. You know, if you want to set a tone and, and feel good about yourselves as a team, you play physical, and I think we did that. And it's a great feel in the locker room knowing that um, you have no regrets. Me and Coach Wood says all the time, have no regrets. And, and as an offense especially, I think I think we did that. The other thing, Curtis, that and I mentioned this to Coach in the first segment, with Rashad, and he had a 200-yard-plus game on the ground, uh, Coach was talking about the talent with USC's front, but it seemed like on quite a few plays, Rashad would hit the line, and all of a sudden, there's just nothing but real estate in front of him. Yeah. And and that, a lot of that credit goes to you and the offensive line for creating those opportunities. Yeah, like Coach said, they did have a really talented front line, but like what John was saying, you just have to be physical. You be physical with them, and then they'll, they'll start to wear over the game, and I think it happened in the, in the second quarter, third quarter, that John, he broke those two big runs. Yeah. So, you know, it just wears on the defense when you can hit him in the mouth every play. You know, as much as, as tight ends like to catch passes, I would think both I'll ask both of you this question. It has to make you feel really good to watch one of your teammates have the kind of game that Rashad White had. I'll start with you, John. Yeah, I mean, he, he kind of set the tone. I mean, he kind of took over that uh, first half. And we went, okay, let's do it. It was a real leadership move by him. So um, it, fired, it fired us up. I mean, that run he had where he, I don't know, maybe dragged like five guys with him. Yeah, I remember that. And, Curtis, I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way, that there was a, a lot of satisfaction to that. Yeah, I'm so proud of that, man. I'm proud of uh, how our front five performed that game. And um, I think it was just it was awesome to see the whole run game come together like that. I was excited to see it, yeah. All right, now we look ahead to Saturday at Washington. Uh, it's it, We were talking with Coach last segment about the weather. It's, it's going to be a little rainy, but you've been in, in cool weather a couple other times this year. It's a it, it's a really interesting place, the Husky Stadium in Washington, and it is it can get really noisy. And Coach talked about the fact you guys have been prepping for that this week. Yeah. Yes, sir. And I'll start with you, Johnny. A lot of work in the bubble with those speakers turned up full blast, right? Yeah. Well, I think we saw that the first row game against BYU. That that was a point of emphasis, something we need to work on. So um, we're doing that. There's a definite chance for some high high noise, kind of hostile environment. So put the work in practice, and we're ready to execute. So that should go pretty well. And, Curtis, you've had a chance, obviously, to prepare for that as well. Yeah, I mean, we've just taken steps and, and practice and prepared for it, and uh, I think we're all on the same page, and so I think there won't be any um, issues with it. Yeah, it, do we as fans make too big a deal out of the rain? Because I, I, 
Obviously, if it's coming down in buckets, that's one thing. But if it's just a steady drizzle, it's not really going to affect the ability to catch the football, right? Uh, no, it shouldn't. I mean, catching a ball is catching a ball, whether it's raining, whether it's 115 degrees out. There's always going to be something to blame it on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So as long as you can catch it with your hands, you can be good. And we don't blame the yeah. weather on things at Arizona State yeah. football. And, and that brings up a, a point about Jaden Daniels. What kind of ball does he throw? Does it come in really hot, or can he put some touch on it? He's got both. He's got both. Okay. And that uh, that has to please a tight end, that he's not having it come in like it's going to put a hole through his chest, right? Yeah, he's got good awareness uh, based off the route pattern, and he's got good ability with uh, his control of the ball. So, um, you know, since I've got here, he's, he's kept improving. Um it's really fun to play with him. And, Curtis, you've caught 17 passes from him, so you're you're pretty well versed in, in how to handle passes as they come in from Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I've seen him get better and better each year, and, and even throughout the season he's gotten more uh, better with his timing and, and even the touch throws and everything like that. It's just it's fun to work with him every day. Curtis Hodges, John Stivers, ASU tight ends with us here on All Aboard. Okay, like I said, I'm old. So when the subject of tight ends comes up, I think a guy's, and if you don't know these names, it's okay. Guys like John Mackey, Russ Francis, uh, on and on and on. And it leads me to a question of who, who's your role model? Who did, who did you watch play as you started your football career, where you started as a tight end, and say, boy, that's who I'd like to emulate? I think there's a few. Um, when I was younger, I remember watching uh, Tony Gonzalez. My dad was oh, in yeah. Cal, so we, we watched those games. And, um, and then then we got a little bit older, Rob Gronkowski, especially what he could do in the run game, I thought. Yeah, but was. He's, he's from that school down south. I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. But I understand what you're saying. And he's he's the prototype of the modern-day tight end. I mean, he can do a lot of things really well. Right. Uh, he just We just don't want him doing it down in Tucson. Curtis, did you have a, a role model? See, I started playing receiver when I, started, when I was playing football, so... Uh, I had a favorite receiver growing up. I was, sure, I would probably like Julio Jones. Yeah, my 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 favorite. Receiver. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really interesting because as we say, the tight end position has become so important in the modern offense. And I got to admit, if I if somebody said to me number one tight end in in pro football, I'd have to sit there and go, okay, I got to think about this for a minute. Mm-hmm. But it would probably go back to Gronkowski. Uh. And I, I kind of go blank on some of the others, but it, it doesn't de- it doesn't devalue the position at all because it's you ask any coach at any level they'll tell you I got to have a good tight end I got to have two or three good tight ends but it's uh, it really is interesting the way the position has evolved and not only are you a blocker you're downfield now I would assume that you would both prefer routes where you're getting a little distance. That just going ten yards and out, like no, come on, let me go downfield a little bit. Well, you got to ask Curtis. He's, he's <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, whatever the concept calls for. There's some plays where I just get somebody out of the way for somebody else, and you know that's it, not bad either. Yeah, when the ball comes to you, you comes to you, but I can't really pick and choose. Yeah, but uh, you move people out of the way. That's that's usually a pretty good thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 
Guys, I really appreciate this. Uh, good luck Saturday up in Seattle. It should uh, really be an interesting game, and uh, the tight end position is going to be vital just like it is every week, and I thank you both for spending time with us this evening. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you. you. John Stivers, Curtis Hodges, give him a round of applause if you would, please. And a reminder that our program is brought to you by Coors Light, and when we come back, we're going to talk with Justin Wood, and I found out something about Justin Wood i got to ask him about, and I'm going to wait till after the commercial to do it, and we'll get into that right after this break on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. A reminder, game day like it's the only day with a nice cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. Remember, 21 means 21. I'm Jeff Munn for Tim Healy. We're at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. If you're not here yet, get over here because the food and the beverages are really good. So are the TVs. And on the subject of tight ends, we had two outstanding student athletes who played the tight end position. Now let's bring on their coach, Justin Wood, ladies and gentlemen. I said Justin Wood, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Do you people respond this slowly when Tim does this show? I mean, are you just waiting for me to, to get you fired up? Okay. Justin, first of all, welcome. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I found out. I'm looking at things here. We may never get to talking about the tight end position. You played <laughs> arena football. When did you play? Uh, after I got released uh, with the Minnesota Vikings uh, in 2003. Uh, there at the end of preseason, I ended up latching on with the L.A. Avengers in that next year Ooh. and then played all the way up through the 2008 season. Kind of bounced around. Spent two years in New York with the Dragons. A uh, year in Philadelphia was a blast with Jaworski and Bon Jovi. Oh, that's that right. The was awesome. I uh, was in Nashville for a little while, Grand Rapids. Uh, wow. It was a good experience. The Nashville Cats, right? Nashville Cats, that's right. Now, you're looking at two guys who are arena football alums, not playing, obviously. Okay. But I, we were both. I don't, I don't know some of the guys that played. I mean, you, you might no, have been able to now. Justin, look at me. I mean, seriously, I couldn't line up. We were with the Rattlers. Okay. Uh, back in yeah. the early days, Danny White, Sed Bonner, Hunky Cooper, and that, oh, yeah. that group. Yeah, so, I know Hunk pretty well. And I, we loved it. I mean, it was so much fun to play yeah. arena football. I know some people, the purists, might look at it and say, oh, come on, it's, you know, indoors, 50 yards. But it, it challenged the athletes. I mean, you would not walk into an arena football locker room and say, well, you guys aren't doing the real thing. You'd probably get tossed out. You know no, I mean? no doubt. It Man, it, it's crazy the level of, of competition and the number of really good players that there are, and they just don't have an opportunity to continue to play and grow. And you know the, the NFL is just limited to the fifty-five man roster, and it's just it's so competitive. And, and I think the, those that came to and watched the arena games saw a good product. So a lot oh, of guys yes, they did. Talented. I played with some guys that were dudes. I backed up Tony Graziani as a quarterback. He was an absolute stud. Said was amazing. Um, uh, Aaron Garcia, I backed up for two years. He was he was a stud too, I and mean, still still keeping touch. That's AG. right. I remember Aaron yeah, we, very well, and it was awesome. The Rathers had such a great support, and and just made it. It was truly an awesome environment. We played here in two thousand eight. Uh, it was my last year playing right before the league shut down, when the economy kind of went into the recession, and uh, yeah, it was an unbelievable experience out here. Uh, it, it was a great fan base, and you know it's just awesome being out here. Football matters to people. And, yeah. You know, it's just so much fun to be a part of now with, with the Sun Devils. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and I will get to questions about the Sun Devils, but there's two other things here. 
You were a stunt double on the longest yard, the Adam Sandler longest yard, I assume. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Were you his double? Um, I actually doubled for Bill Fickner, who was Captain Canal. Yes. The prison guards quarterback. I um, remember. Yeah. That was. I'm a big fan. I'm old enough to remember the original with Burt Reynolds. Did yeah. you ever see that? Yeah, of course, of yeah, course. Was, uh, yeah, my was dad was a head coach. Movie. Like we watched every football movie ever yeah. made growing up in my house. All right, and um, <laughs> you did a commercial for Madden. Did do a commercial for Madden that, that followed up after the movie. That was a blast. That was, that was my first time in the Rose Bowl, so it was a lot better experience going back and getting that win against UCLA. Though. How about I'll tell it? You, that was my my new favorite memory of the Rose Bowl. So, um, but yeah, no, that was a great experience. Uh, you know, we got done at the end of that arena season, and you know, found out they had a casting call and. Uh, actually, a guy, Pat O'Hara, who was a longtime arena legend, and then, you know, played at, at Tampa and Orlando, and then he ended up becoming a head coach for a while. He's actually coaching the NFL right now. Um, but Pat, at the time, was kind of involved in the little Hollywood scene. He had gone to USC, and he was helping with the casting agency, so he knew all of us that were arena guys, and we all went after our season ended and, you know, went through the, the tryout. It was crazy. It was, like, more rigorous than the combine. It was unbelievable. So there's all of us, like these all professional athletes, right? They're they're coming out like we want to work on a movie, you know. Like every athlete <laughs> wants to be a wants to be a, an actor, right? And, and every, every actor, actor wants, wants to, to play be an football. Oh, it's unbelievable. So, anyways, so we go out there, and then of course these, there's a couple like poor poor guys that really had their headshots with them, and you know they were they were there for the audition, you know what <laughs> I mean? And you're like these guys, you're like, man, we're still playing competitive football, like still in the, right in the prime of our careers, and these guys had no chance. They they maybe played JV, you know, JV football in high school was unbelievable, but uh, it was it was an unbelievable experience. Like there were so many great players. I, I met a lot of got a, a lot of really good relationships with guys that still have to this day. Um, like Chris Gizzy is a guy that now is the head strength coach for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Darren Shiverini, I met him on that. You know, he was, he was yeah. the, the OC over at Colorado. Um, just a ton of guys that are still in the game. Um, unbelievable experience. All those actors got to ha- hang out with Burt Reynolds, Adam Sandler. Had had a couple pops with, with him a few times. There you go. Um, we had a lot of get-togethers. We all had a few things in common. And uh, just really good people. You yeah. Know, it, it, we, overall, it was about three and a half months that we shot. So, oh, that's true. Um, really got to know each other and, and a lot of long last, lasting relationships and just an unbelievable experience. Tell me a little bit about uh, you've had a lot of experience working with Zach Hill. In his offense, is it, is it different how he approaches the use of the tight end to say other offensive uh, offenses in football? Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, you look around, there's a lot of different styles of offenses in college football. Obviously, uh, our offense is definitely tight end driven, you know, and, and just looking at, you know, the way we use our personnel groups and, um, you know, 90% of the time there's going to be, a, you know, at least one tight end on the field, probably 45 to 50% of the time there's going to be two or more tight ends on the field. So um, it's, it's a really big, you know, part of, of what we do and, and uh, putting stress on defenses and giving us the, the balance to and, and ability that we want to have to run the ball and, and be dynamic with play actions and movements and stretch the field. and Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an awesome awesome offense, I think, to, to be a tight end. And, and you, know, you know, obviously you, what you watch on Sundays, you're going to see a lot of those same things that we're doing. It's a very NFL-style type of offense, and I think that's something that, like these guys, you know, and I know Kurt this year especially has really, you know, talked a lot about, you know that that role in, in being a complete player, right? Yeah, and and we were talking with Curtis in the last segment about how he's averaging twenty yards a catch. So when you talk about two tight end sets, even with two tight ends on the field, they are both targets. They are guys that you could stretch the field with in any given situation. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of different things that we ask our guys to do and a lot of different, um, you know, job responsibilities they got to have. And, you know, you're looking for guys with a really broad skill set, guys who can, you know, stretch the field and, and be that, you know, flexed out wide receiver, um, come in the box and then be able to put his face in somebody running, you know, power. Um, there's just, you know, you get asked to do a lot of different things. And, you know, it's not an easy position to play because really if you, you made a list of all the different fundamentals and techniques that they have to be able to to execute within a game plan and you look at the run game in the box you look at the blocking business on the perimeter you look at pass protections and then you look at what they're asked to do as a receiver skill set you know in 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 their route running ability that's a pretty broad skill set they got a lot of things they have to be able to do so it, it would be safe to say and i mentioned this to to both curtis and john you look at any football team that has championship aspirations and their coaches are saying, we've got to be really good at tight end. It's not a, gee, it'd be nice if it happened. You have to be good at tight end to be a championship football team. Yeah, I think that's a good statement. I really do. I think that's as um, you know, important as, as you know, all, all the other, you know, I mean, you can make a case at a lot of different positions though, for sure. too. But, sure. But I, but I do think it makes you really – really versatile as far as your offense uh, when you have the right guys and it allows you to open things up and put as much pressure on defenses as you possibly can in all phases and you know we we put a lot of time and attention into just seeing how people defend us and how their identities change based on the number of tight ends that we have a game and you can manipulate defenses um, when you're able to have the crew of guys like we have and be able to go uh, one, two, three tight ends in the game. You can give yourself some real advantages and and really cause some 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 problems for some defensive coordinators out there that, that keep them up late at night and make them pretty sleepy eye by the time game time rolls around on Saturday because they got they got to worry about a few headaches that are, that are coming their way. A couple other things I want to touch on and and I don't want to let this segment go by without giving you a chance to talk about the group that you have in that room and and how pleased you've been with what they they've given you this year. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm having. I told my my wife this the other day. I'm having as much fun coaching that I ever had in my my career uh, at any level. It's just been a blast. And obviously, that starts um, with having a great room of guys. And uh, you know, just guys, it, it, it's fun to see where we've started, where we're at, and still knowing that our best game's out there. And I can't wait to see where we finish. But it's been it's been an unbelievable you know ride. Uh, up to this point, I think it starts with the way that they approach and buy into what Coach Herm is, and, and has, you know, built in our culture and trying to be a pro and and trying to do things the right way on a day-to-day basis, um, trying to set standards in terms of their work ethic and how they approach the game and trying to, you know, really – be guys that can influence others on the team by the way that we work. Not necessarily all those things that got to be said and all that, but just by being unselfish, being a team guy and no task too small, whatever the role is, whatever the job is, you know, let's go and let's do the work. And I know Kurt was talking to you about that, about kind of how effectively we ran the ball last week against USC. And, you know, it was just awesome to see the enthusiasm of them for the production that we had. And if you watch when those guys get down the end zone after big, long runs, they're just as excited. And the first one's down the end zone celebrating with their teammates. Yeah, I do. I notice that a lot. After we make plays in the pass game. And just as a coach, you just, you know, it just puts a smile on your face, makes your heart glad. You just, 
you see that those guys are about everything right with their game because they care about their teammates, care about the success of the team, and they're just looking to have a, a special Saturday night and, and build a special memory. And I think that's just, you know, it's fun to be a part of as a coach when you see them making special nights like that. Lastly, you mentioned, uh, and Coach Herm mentioned, that part of the deal is you're trying to create mismatches, especially at the tight end position. And Curtis and John both said they can they can do that. You know, they size up what they've got on the other side of the ball. You game plan, obviously. You look at film during the week. But there are there, I would assume that there are things that you pick up on with the other coaches as the game is progressing and say, hey, we're seeing something here we can exploit. Does that happen a lot? Yeah, the, <clears throat> the in-game communication is, is really a fun part of the game. Um, you know, if you just watch as a fan and you see what happens when we come off the field, uh, it would be kind of you would be surprised at the level of communication taking place in between series. And uh, we have our little area over there. We go get together. We huddle up. We talk about the you know what happened on the series before. Uh, we're talking about what plays are coming. You know, in the next series ahead of us, we're talking about. Uh, you know, kind of reviewing those things and our assignments within those plays and, and what we're getting and how we're going to execute and be successful in those. And, you know, we're, we're getting and sharing ideas. We're on the headsets as coaches. There's just a lot of dialogue. I know at the end of games, uh, like, you know, I'm exhausted too just because we've just been going. You know, it's not like, you know, everything's been done and like, hey, let's just roll the ball out and play now. Like, we're continuing to communicate, work together, and problem solve. And, and, and we're back. Are we connected? <laughs> We are connected. Hi there. We left you for a minute because somebody kicked a cord out. Yeah, if a little, little event, adversity. Yeah. Well, that's if football. It's all about overcoming adversity. There you go. What are you do? The only problem is we've run out of time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, I will ask you just one more thing real quick, and I'll, I'll just uh, to get a quick response. I, I asked Coach Herm about going up against a team that has changed offensive coordinators for this week, and how do you game plan for that? I'm certain that you and the other offensive coaches can kind of help out in the defensive coaches and say, okay, these are some of the things you got to look for against a guy you're not really familiar with. Has there been that kind of discussion this week? Yeah, I know for sure with with, uh, with Zach. You know, Zach worked with Junior Adams, um, you know, both at Eastern Washington yes. and at Boise State. So, And I know June too, but, like, Zach knows him extremely well. I mean, <clears throat> knows that offense, that – you know the DNA of that offensive system a year, two years ago, was the same one that was at Boise, and so you know Zach's very familiar, I think, with them a little bit, and they've had a lot of dialogue. But that's probably the, you know, the who's had the most insight, you know, in conversation with the defensive side would be going through Zach. So, well, it'll be an interesting football game to say the least, and it's always good to run into a fellow arena football alum. So I, it was that was I loved, I saw that, and I thought I got to ask him about it. Justin, thank you. Awesome, thanks for having me. Good to have you on. Appreciate it. Justin Wood, ASU tight ends coach with us. When we come back, Coach Herm returns, and we're going to talk about the significance of this day on a lot of levels. Coming up on All Aboard right after this on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. Remember, 21 means 21. Rejoined by ASU head football coach Herm Edwards. In our last segment, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about the significance of this day, Veterans Day. Uh, a great day. I, I we People may not realize I've got a day job on the news side of things at KTAR, and we did an awful lot of coverage of the day. There were two major parades, and it was really great to see the reaction people had. 
your father was a career military man. So this day holds a lot of significance for the Edwards family. Uh, very important. Um, when you think about uh, the service of all those that have uh, uh, fought for our freedoms and, and, and risked life, limb, uh, whatever you have, and you think about those men and women, uh, they are countless uh, thousands of faces we don't know, people that, that protect our rights and protect our freedoms. And I know every time I see someone in a uniform or carrying a flag, I make sure I stop and, and greet them and tell them thank you for your service. I do that in airports or anywhere else where I can uh, where I can stop them and talk to them. And when it, obviously members of the military uh, make all kinds of sacrifices, in some cases they make the ultimate sacrifice. There's a lot asked of the families too, and you know that having grown up in a military. Yeah, I lived on a on an army base. Um, obviously, that's how we got to California. Uh, lived on Fort Ord, California. It's kind of ironic. I hurt my knee. I tore a cartilage in my knee when I was in the ninth grade, and I can remember going to the hospital and getting surgery, and I had to stay overnight, and I was in a ward where guys were coming back from Vietnam, Mm. and a lot of them, you know, they thought I was in the service, you know, because I was kind of a a big kid in the ninth grade, and sitting in there and watching guys come in there uh, as lost limbs, and guys i mean 18 years old yeah. I mean, you could tell it's just young guys that had, you know that, that joined the army and wanted to you know serve their country and it struck me you know i said wow you know this is they're a little bit older than i was i was in the yeah. ninth grade getting ready to go to the 10th grade you know and i'm looking at these guys and i'm going i ne- it was vivid you know like these guys are willing to do that for me for me yeah and it's, and it's, the the other thing is and i know i you've talked about this in the past how much you gained individually from having a role model in your father that obviously discipline is such a big part of being in the military. And I know that a lot of your life is just built on discipline, and you obviously learned that from your dad. No doubt. No, no doubt. And, and really, you know, when you're a master sergeant, uh, the thing my dad used to tell me, he says, look, I don't know what you're going to do in life. He said, but if you ever become a leader, um, you have to have poise and you have to be the voice of reason. He said, you know, my job as a master sergeant in the war was to bring these young men back home to their mom's He yeah. said, that is, that is the ultimate, you know. And he said, that what I would, that's what I was assigned to do. I wanted to make sure they were going to come home and see their loved ones. He says, when, if you ever become a leader, whatever you do in life, and he's talking to me as a young kid, he says, you know, you have to be the voice of reason. Don't ever forget that. When things are happening and all these things are happening in your life and things are going on outside that you can't control, you have to be the voice of reason. And I've always remembered that. I appreciate you sharing those thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great way to end the show, and I thank you very much for doing that. Good luck Saturday in Seattle. Thank sir. you, my friend. Appreciate you got it. ASU head coach Herm Edwards with us tonight here on All Aboard. Now, a reminder, Saturday from Seattle, our pregame coverage starts at 2.30. Kickoff will be at 5. We'll, of course, have the tailgate show from 2.30 to 4. And then countdown to kickoff beginning at 4 o'clock. It'll all be on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Please join us tomorrow night for women's basketball at Desert Financial. We're going to retire Breon January's jersey. Starts at 7. Radio coverage starts at 6.30. There's a lot going on in Sun Devil country. Check the sundevils.com for a complete schedule. 
Till Saturday at 2.30. For head coach Herm Edwards and for Tim Healy, I'm Jeff Munn. Thanks for listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards on the Sun Devil Radio Network.